This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my mom and co-host, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Hi, Mom. Hi, Heidi. Great to be on the show today. And uh, I know we've got somebody on that's very special to you because I know you work with uh, TAPS, the Tragedy Assistance Program for the military, run by Bonnie Carroll, who is an amazing person who has set up this whole organization to help families. It, it is so cool. And uh, I know that uh, the person that's going to be on today is going to give a lot of support to military families, and I know she does. Absolutely. And her name is Cheryl Langford. And like you said, Mom, Bonnie Carroll is amazing and a superstar. And uh, she was in the Air Force for 30 years, and she lost her husband, um, who was also military. And she won an, uh, the pres- a President's Medal for the award, the, the work she's doing. Um, President Obama gave her an award, I think, this year, and it was well-deserved. And so we're going to talk today with with someone that works for TAPS with me, and um, her name is Cheryl Lankford, and we'll talk today about how we how we can support military families and how we can help children that have had loss, and those kind of things. Um, let me tell you a little bit about Cheryl. Cheryl's husband, Commander Sergeant Major Jonathan Miles Lankford, served 23 years in the Army. At the time of his death, let's see, he. He was deployed to Baghdad, Iraq, with the Army Explosive Ordnance Disposal Unit. Cheryl is actively involved with TAPS, helping other bereaved military families. Welcome to the show, Cheryl. Thank you so much for having me. We're so great to have you. Yeah. Great to have you on the show. And uh, tell us a little bit about how long has it been since uh, your husband died? It's been about nine years since his death. And he was uh, actually, he died there in, in Baghdad, Iraq, back in 2007, as he was serving as the command sergeant major for the 79th Ordnance Battalion, the EOD. Uh, he, he was the command was sergeant major. I'm just yes. learning all these terms because my son, as you know, is at this moment in boot camp in Fort Benning, Georgia. So this is a community in a whole new world, and I'm, I'm starting to learn all these. That's very impressive. Um, and that he served for 23 years, and what an amazing thing to do for this country. Absolutely. And, and so you said your son your son was three only three years old when, when Jonathan died, is that right? It was about a month before his third birthday. Wow. And and how did you how did you start getting involved with TAPS? I mean what was your journey like? Oh my good my journey it's it's been a very tough and a difficult and an amazing journey all at the same time. Um my husband and I um had spoken about what we would do if anything should happen to him. And I'm going to make this long story short. Um, we actually had him buried at Arlington Cemetery there mm-hmm. in Arlington, Virginia. Wow. Uh, while he was, while we were there for the funeral, I looked over and saw an unfamiliar face. And that unfamiliar face was Bonnie Carroll. Uh-huh. Um, I actually got a chance to get to know her mm-hmm. um, in the years to come, but she was there. She didn't know me. Wow. She didn't know my husband. But she came to the funeral. That's amazing. And it was. It was amazing. And so I had my CAO, who was my casualty assistance officer, go over and ask 
who is that? Because I was asking, who is that lady? I don't know her. She gave him her card and let him know, please have Cheryl call me when she's ready. So I called Bonnie shortly after I get, I got home back here to San Antonio after the funeral. And that's basically when my my relationship and my journey started. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us how how what happened. I mean, Bonnie has a whole program, right? Because people don't know about TAPS, the Tragedy Assistance Program. Oh, yeah. And she's got an amazing program. She has something for me as a grieving spouse, and she has something for our children, um, what we call our Gold Star children, our TAPS kiddos. So she bought me in. She just told me, this is a safe place. This is a place where we celebrate the life of the person, the love, and the journey, the new journey that we're going on at this point. And so... She bought me in. I was able to go to TAP seminars. I was able to connect with other people who had similar um, issues that I had had with being a military widow. Um, my son was able to connect with other uh, military survivors at the same time. And I can imagine, I'm just thinking about you, Cheryl. Here you are. You're young. Your son is only three years old, almost three. And all of a sudden, you find yourself a single parent and a and a widow. That must have yeah. been pretty overwhelming. It was oh, it was terribly overwhelming. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where to go. This is not something that we planned for. And I remember thinking, what do I do next? How do I make sure that I have the right things? How do I make sure my son has what he needs? And when Bonnie kind of just brought me in and, you know, put her loving arms around me and all the rest of my family, I felt like I was in a place where I could ask those kind of questions. I felt like I was in a safe place. What do I do now with my life? How do I help my son through this particularly difficult journey? And what are issues that are unique to military widows? Oh, my goodness. Where do I start? As a military widow, um, we may move from one location to another, from one duty station to another duty station. So we may not have roots where we are uh, when we lose the person that we love. So for me, I was in San Antonio, Texas, and I'm originally from Maryland. Mm-hmm. So I was far away from home, far away from my family. Um, so that's one of the, the, the issues that we have, the distance from family members. Um, as a military widow, for me, I lived on Fort Sam Houston at the time. I lived on a military post. So one of the things I had to consider was transitioning from being on a military post to finding a civilian home, living back onto the economy. That, that's big. How how um, soon after your husband died did you have to go from living on a on a base to living as a civilian? We had 12 months. 12 months to get packed up and find a place to decide where we would like to live. Mm-hmm. For some families, that's really easy. For some families, that's difficult because we've moved so much. My husband is 23 years. Right. So we quite a bit. So trying to decide where I was going to live after he died, well, that was a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. And you stayed in Texas? We did, yes, we did. So you decided not to go back to Maryland? Yeah, decided to stay here in San Antonio. This was where my son was born. He was born here in San Antonio. This is the only home he knew. Mm-hmm. Um, I had decided not to make any quick decisions. Um, Twelve months will go by quickly. So I decided to go ahead and just stay here in San Antonio so I could make some clear-minded and, and well-thought-out um, decisions on where we would have lived. 
You know, I, w- I wanted to ask you, you also left not only um, your your home, but you must have had support from the other military families and, and women, right? So you're leaving uh, your community. I did. I had amazing support. We try to be as supportive as we can to one another, and I'm so thankful that we had such a large uh, military community here in this area where we had that type of support where – um, if we didn't know what to do to transition, we had a lot of support. We had a lot of things in place um, to help with the transition from being a military family to a civilian family. But don't you leave that a, a lot of those people when you move out? I mean, did did you stay in touch with the women who were military? You know, surprisingly, and I've heard another uh, military widow say this, your address book will change. Um, The same friends that you had while you were active duty, you may not necessarily have once your spouse dies. So I found out that that was very true for me as well. My address book did change. Um, I started having more um, friends who were in the TAP family, Mm -hmm. um, people I could call for support in different areas for just for me and for my son. Yeah. I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you if you, I mean, you were relatively young and to be widowed. And I was going to ask you if you knew other other women that were widowed or if you felt kind of isolated. And it sounds like you reached out to TAPS and were, is that how you found your community? That's exactly right. That's exactly how I found my community. I was young. You know, I think we, we consider a widow as an older person, you know, and they're, you know, in their, in their later years in life. But um, widows come in all different shapes and sizes and, and age groups. And um, I was a very young widow at the time. And so I didn't know anyone who was a widow like I was. So I did find a lot of other support from women my age through TAP. How, how long had you been uh, bereaved when you started actually working for TAPS? Do you volunteer with them or do you actually, are you a paid employee? I volunteer with TAPS. I'm a senior peer mentor, and so I work in the peer mentor uh, department with other peer mentors and with other people who feel like they want to do that. But I didn't really start volunteering with TAPS until about five years after John had died. So they were really giving you the support, and then you moved into that supportive role after five years. Exactly. That's very Yes. Well, what a great organization. Um, I think one of the things that I've, because um, I, I didn't know about TAPS, my dad was in the Navy, but, um, you know, Bonnie just started it a few years ago. And, um, what you know, relatively speaking, you know, uh, but the thing is, as I understand it, you can be, have served in the military and be out of the military and still use TAPS. Yes, that's one of the things I absolutely love about TAPS is that they will serve military survivors, whether the survivor is uh, a sibling or the survivor is a grandparent, whether the survivor is a father or a mother. Um, you know, they, they, they work to, to help all of the family members um, of a military uh, loss. What do you think is important for kids who've had a loss? Oh, my goodness. That's such a big question. I think in our home, one of the things that I really try to emphasize to my son, because he was so little when his dad died, but even for our older kiddos, is letting them know that they're not alone, letting them know that they're loved, 
and letting them know that they can talk about their parents anytime that they want to. I try to make a point that whenever my son brings up an issue or he wants to talk about his dad, I will try to stop what I'm doing or at least try to pay attention to what he feels and what he's expressing. And how do you keep your uh, husband's memory alive for him? There's so many different ways to do that. One of the ways I like to keep his memory alive is we have what's called a daddy book, which is full of pictures and letters and stories about him. And we have a video of him, you know, reading books um, that we were able to videotape before he left. And um, we talk about him. We celebrate his life uh, through different activities, like the Memorial Day or even for his birthday. So we try to make sure that um, we keep his memory alive through honoring him in his life and in his service. I, I love that, Cheryl, and I love that, you know, it's you're – his father and your husband, they're not, Jonathan's not taboo in your family. He can, your son can bring him up any time and you'll stop what you're doing and, and encourage that. Yes, absolutely. It's important for our kids to know that they can talk about their feelings. They can talk about missing him. Or with my son, remembering him. My son was so little, like we talked about before, is just sometimes he doesn't remember things. So he'll ask me, he'll say, Mama, do I look like my daddy? And I get a little choked up because I say, you look absolutely like your daddy. Wow. They want to know. They want to know about who their parents, who their parent was. And what an amazing gift to look at your son and also see your husband in his face. Yes. And so what, you know, if there was, if there's a woman out there who's recently widowed and she's having a really hard time, what kind of advice would you give her? That's good advice. And what about someone that has surviving children and are wondering how to help them after loss? Yeah, I would say when it comes to surviving kiddos, try to connect them with other surviving kiddos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would also say let them talk about how they feel and don't judge how your kids feel. If your kids are mad, let them express how angry they are. If they're sad, let them express how um, sad they are. And if they need help, professionally seek that help out for them to help them process however they're feeling. Well, I love that you say give them permission to be angry because, you know, when kids don't have a parent, um, I worked with the 9-11 families for 10 years after 9-11. I worked with firefighter families that lost a father in the World Trade Center. And a lot of the kids that I worked with for those 10 years were angry that they didn't have a dad, especially during times like Father's Day and, you know, their birthday and their the day they got married and, you know, every day, but especially on those major events. And it, and that's a legitimate emotion. Yes, it is. It absolutely, we've, we've experienced that. 
but my son's angry because he has a basketball game and the other kids have a father and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Or, the, or he gets angry because he's like, if daddy didn't go to war, maybe he would not have died. Or, you know, all kinds of questions. Children have all kinds of questions in their head. You know, Heidi, I think one of the most amazing things about kids is that they, in their minds, there are times where they'll make up a story in their minds. And if we don't allow them to express what they're thinking, we won't help them to be able to process whatever story is in their minds. So um, letting them be angry and saying, you know what, I'm angry too. I missed your dad. I wish he was here. And letting them know that they're not alone, that there are other kiddos like them. Uh, A lot of times our kids go to school, and they may be in a school district where they're the only kiddo who has a father who has died in the military. Mm -hmm. But when we get together with our other TAPS families, and our kids are able to go to good grief camp with other kids who are just like them, it helps them understand that even though we're fall far apart, we may be from one side of the country to the other, we still have each other. We can still connect with one another once or twice a year physically, but maybe connect in other ways um, through social media or through Facebook or however they like to do. I love that. And what is what is he like about TAPS when he goes? Oh, Heidi, you know, I think one of the first times he ever expressed to me how thankful he was when he went to TAPS was when he looked in the room and he realized how many other kiddos had lost a parent, whether it be a father or a mother. And he was very quiet about it most of the day. And he really didn't say anything until we got back to our room and we kind of tucked in for bedtime. And he looked at me and he said, Mama, I see you, baby. And he said, um... You know, I'm not the only one whose daddy died. <laughs> wow. That's that big. That my heart. Powerful. That was powerful because I think for a long time he felt like he was the only one, and he absolutely was not. So I think just knowing that there's other kids out there like him who are feeling a lot of the feelings that he might be feeling was reassuring. And I love that Taps pairs kids like your son with um, older, you know, Adults that are in the military, the peer mentor part of it. Yes, yes. That's been one of the highlights, I think, for my son. And I say that with a smile because he's had some amazing peer mentors. And I think they come in there thinking, okay, we're going to volunteer and we're going to help these kids out. But some of the connections that these peer mentors make with our kiddos are just amazing. Like my son's had a peer mentor, the same one for the last three years. Wow. comes back every year and he's such an amazing person he sends john first he does things he doesn't have to do you know he'll send him a birthday card your or, son is named after your husband he is named that he's oh, i love it john <laughs> that's great i didn't know that yeah and so um but they're able to make a wonderful connection with the peer mentor and um to have a good time and and spend some time away from uh you know the surviving parent and have a great day wherever they you know, wherever they are, wherever they are. So yeah, I love that too. And, and I think also TAPS funds a lot of this, don't they, financially for families that can't afford it? They do. They do a lot of fundraising, raising money, um, so that the kids can have a good time wherever they are, whether it's you know uh, for activities or crafts or whatever it may be that they want to do while they're while they're together at Good Grief Camp. So yeah, they do a lot of fundraising. It's a nonprofit, so they go out and they. Uh, find ways to have the community donate back to the organization. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Cheryl, thank you. And how do people find TAPS? Is it is it 
they I know you can just kind of Google TAPS. Yes, it's all capitals. It's TAPS, T-A-P-S dot org. If you Google it, it should pop up. And Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. Um, and there's a web page there, and it gives you all kinds of information on um, community, what's going on in your community, what's going on nationally, um, how you can volunteer, or how to get involved. So, yeah, there's a lot of activities going on for us. I love it, Cheryl, and I'm honored to be on the, the advisory board for TAPS. And like I said, it is an incredible organization, and I look forward to seeing you in, in uh, May at the National Conference. And thank you so much for everything that you're doing out there for military families. Yeah, thank Thank you, Cheryl, and thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. It was my honor. You guys have a great day. You too, Cheryl. You too. Bye-bye. Oh, Heidi, what a great program. Bonnie Carroll, I mean, it's just amazing she's done this for the military. I mean, it's it's huge. Um, I I just don't think probably people uh, know about it, and I think if if you know uh, somebody who has been on active duty, maybe uh, isn't anymore and had a death in the family, you might want to go to TAPS and and look into it because it's an amazing program. It really is, Mom. And when you hear Cheryl, she is such a positive, optimistic person. And I know that that it was a journey getting to where she is today, but I think it really, really gives people out there that are not as far down the road hope that you can have joy again in your life because Cheryl really does. And also, Heidi, it fits into what we always say when people – are far enough along the road where they can give service to others. It really uh, moves them out into a positive direction of finding help with your loss. Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening to this show today. And we want to remind you, if you've lost hope, please lean on ours till you find your own. And visit us at opentohope.com. And God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.